0: Hi there, this is Amy Ogden, Senior Vice President of Brand at J Public Relations, and welcome to our latest episode of Priority Status. Today's guest is Melise Galula. Melise is co-founder of Well and Good, which is also wellandgood.com. She's with us today to talk about the last 10 years of wellness, of her favorite um, wellness trends and things she's seeing in the space, and also talk to us about what's going on with Well and Good Retreats in 2019. So please sit back and enjoy this episode. Hi, Melise. Hi, Amy. (laughs) Thanks for being on priority status. I'm so happy to see you. It's been about six months. It has. It has. Can we say where we saw each other last? We can (laughs) right after you introduce yourself. (laughs) Okay. I know I introduced you to the audience right at the beginning, but I always love for our guests to tell our listeners Mm -hmm. um, who they are straight from the straight from the mouth.
1: Sure. So I'm Melise Galula. I'm the co founder of Well and Good or wellandgood.com. Um, and Alexia Brew and I started it about 10 years ago now. We were really um, the first people to say, hey, this wellness movement is going to be worth the ink. Um, and, you know, we launched a website around everything that was happening in New York and LA at the time, which was Little bit of Soul Cycle, a lot of juicing, a lot of yoga, um, and you know things started to really blossom after, um, in a way that we just sort of take for granted now. Now wellness is cultural currency, and it shows up in a million ways in our lives, from the leggings drawer that we have that's overflowing um, to our workouts, to the things we talk about at dinners now, um, and so we've just really grown well and good to support all the ways that people. Um, people's lifestyles interact with, um, wellness practices now.
0: That's great. Yeah. Well and good is one of my favorite sites and brands. Um, it's funny you mentioned soul cycle. I was just listening to how I built this and the, uh, one of the founders of soul cycle was on last week and it was about that same time, 10 years ago when they opened their first studio on the upper West side, I think it was the upper West side. Um, so yeah, that really kind of was that turning point um, and yeah, so listeners, Melissa and I met last summer. This is, so we're recording this in January of 2019. We met in the summer of 2018 at a well and good retreat. And, um, it was in upstate New York at this gorgeous, I, it's called the sisters of Cedar lakes and, or Cedar lakes estates, I think. And yep. then their Instagram, the sisters of Cedar lakes are, and it is. I, it was beautiful it was i told everyone i said imagine if like girl scout camp and pottery barn had a baby like it was this like gorgeous, <laughs> you know, high end, you know, campy vibe, but it looked like it had been designed by apartment therapy. Like it was just beautiful.
1: Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad that you
0: felt the design touches that I we did. added. Oh, amazing. How did you guys choose that? I know it was your second retreat. The first one was in Palm Springs. That's right. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, we've done experiences for readers really since the beginning for advertising partners in particular, um, but creating wellness retreats. Retreats really dates back to the experience that Alexia and I had as journalists on the travel beat, um, covering spas around the world and really reporting on what makes a spa experience worthwhile, um, what failed to, um, so we had a lot of knowledge going into creating our own retreats. Um, so I'm glad you felt some of those touches and we try to anticipate a lot of the things that I'm sure, you know, a lot of the listeners of this podcast are trying to do every day, right? What touches can um, add wellness to a guest stay somewhere. Um, so we chose the place. I mean, there are lots of criteria that we look for when, when, um, choosing a venue for our retreats. Um, one is, does it have a space where we can all get together, um, and do a fitness class or a yoga class that isn't a ballroom with carpeting? Right. So like that's that's a big deal when trying to create um, an experience that mirrors the ones that a lot of our readers have at home. So if they're used to going to a beautiful yoga studio with like sun drenched light and hardwood floors and it smells like eucalyptus, um, that's something that we want to make sure that we have. Um, and a partnership with someone who will let us work with the chef and customize the food too again like well and good readers like can make avocado toast in their sleep and like have kale salads and quinoa so if we're not you know matching and even next leveling some of those food choices um, adding some superfoods into the mix um, you know that that would be a missed opportunity so I think that that property was really special also just because of that natural setting that you described that summer camp of wellness. Um, it really, I think the retreats are really interesting in that they're drawing people who just really want to unplug, but with like minded people, with other well and good readers. So we're really seeing like a wellness sisterhood coming to life at these. It's, it's just incredible.
0: It's really cool. Last year was my first year, kind of, I would you know, taking wellness to the next level where I dedicated vacation time to it. I not only did the well and good retreat in New York, but then, um, about a month before that I did a week long hiking retreat in the mountains of Canada through a brand called mountain track.
1: Oh, I want to go there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear amazing things about it. Nuts. It's so good. Like I, it's changed, completely changed my life, the way I eat, the way I live, everything. And, um, And there is something to be said, you know, it's one thing to infuse wellness into your daily life, good sleep, um, good movement, nutrition, mindfulness, But there's something different about taking five days out of your life to just be well and love on your body and your mind and your spirit, you know, because not only did we practice yoga and do dance classes and these really fun fitness and and physical movement play and things like that, but also, you know, we journaled and we talked and we did the wheel of life, you know, happiness wheel and the kinds of things that I think are even uh, for many of us just as important as what you eat. And how much you exercise or move your body?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. I'm so glad to hear that some of those workshopy things um, affected you too, because you know we're really thinking about what does that hardworking, you know, Jen. X, Y, Z woman want. Um, And there was a time where I was kind of like over the journaling workshops, to be honest. You know, I thought of them as more like boomer focused activities. Now I frankly crave them, things that are analog and that give back to myself. Um, I, you know, even just reading a book with pages versus, you know, scrolling through it on a Kindle um, makes such a big difference. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that it resonated with you to be able to have that time to, um, focus on yourself in those ways. And I I think it becomes more and more precious, right? And therefore more and more of a luxury, um, for people, um, great way to use your PTO, Amy. I salute that. Thank you. I saluted
0: it too. So one thing I, one of the reasons I was excited to have you with us today and have our listeners get, um, you know, just to hear from you is you founded Well and Good a decade ago, which means you have, eaten all the foods and tasted all the powders and juiced all the juices and, you know, worn all the clothes. Like, I feel like if anyone is sort of just a, you know, a library of all things wellness, you've tried it, you've tasted it, you've worn it, you've done it. What are some standouts? What are some things that you really truly were like, wow, this is, you know, this is a game changer in the space. And were there any things that also you're kind of like, you know, I think it's a little overhyped.
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. I mean, taking a temperature on a decade, we should get together and talk about that again because so much has happened. Um, And looking back, there are some things that really still stand out. I think, um, while juicing itself kind of waxes and wanes and there's a lot of people doing celery juice in the morning now, what really stands out for me still, um, is this approach to like blended greens more than anything. I feel like more people are doing, um, an approach to smoothies in their daily life, like a smoothie a day or every other day, um, as a way to get nutrients versus, thinking about it as, um, a cleanse. Right. Um, so I think that's really here to stay. I think that like the super food and ingestible beauty categories really do support that kind of, um, that eating. And as you know, people, you know, we say it well and good sometimes that we're a culture of snackers. Now we don't all sit down to meals, um, that that has, Become a way that people are making sure that like they're still getting their proteins and their superfoods and that maybe their beauty glow boosting um, add-ons too. Um, gosh, okay. In fitness, I think you know it started with SoulCycle. I have to give them props to really making fitness entertaining and um, giving you know all of boutique fitness the standard of. Um, this feels like a place you want to be, not like a place where you go to punish yourself or a should. It really transformed an ethos and it even made it cathartic um, for people looking for that release and that de-stress um, and kind of somebody to talk to them about how they talk to themselves in their their day-to-day. I think we've seen a lot of offshoots of that catharsis element that the instructors at SoulCycle A lot of them just really got. Um, And we see it show up in other fitness modalities too. Like we've really shied away from, or fitness brands have really tried to shy away from that like weight loss mentality that, you know, do it for the bikini body. And uh, really, really, it was important to Well and Good when we launched that. Wellness was re- was never about that. It was never about dropping a dress size or something that you lacked in life. That wellness should be the thing that adds to your life. Um, that it adds joy. It adds you know, de-stressing um, practices or cleaner, you know, recipes. Um, And I I think that we've really seen that show up in, in, in fitness and the fitness industry really struggling with how they
0: talk about and motivate people, um, differently now. Um, I I like, yeah, that fitness angle, especially, I think, you know, it used to be, you know, I remember even like talking to my mom once and, you know, she said to me, she's like, you've just grown up at a different time. She's like, Amy, when I was growing up, like exercising wasn't even really a thing, And if anything, you just tried to lose weight, you know, that was, that was the only real goal. And so, you know, I lift weights and I'm building muscle and toning and, and that, you know, and she's like, that's just completely foreign to, to Mm -hmm. me. And so it's been fun to see things go from skinny to fit. Yeah. I think that's been a big shift. Definitely. Um, You know, people are, people are, um, really looking to be well and fit, not just skinny. Mm -hmm. And And definitely on the boutique fitness, I go to Equinox um, just because that works best for me. Mm -hmm. But I've done a lot of the boutique fitness classes and they feel like a treat. They don't feel like punishment. Like you said, I don't feel like it's like, oh, I have to do this. Like, I wish I could do more, you know? Um, So they really have changed the way I think that we look at fitness and wellness. And something that I'm so passionate about when we look at, like, you know, obviously JPR works in travel is People want to travel like they live, and so many of us live now with wellness as a core pillar of our days. When you're when you travel, like I can tell you for me, and I'm not proud of this, like I'm I'm the worst when I travel. I eat the worst, I work out the least. I'm the least well when I travel, and I'm not proud of it. <laughs> um, and I it's something I want to change. So, like when you're traveling, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about. I don't know. How do you travel? What do you eat? How do you prepare? Or like me, do you just give yourself a break and just say, I don't know, I'll eat the things and I'll sleep in and you know. Yeah. Sometimes you have to give yourself a bit of a break, yeah. right? Like I,
1: um, I think that that's definitely part of it. I, um, I, one thing that really gets me, and I, I'm sure this affects a lot of women, is the shoes. Like just to go straight to the shoes and the suitcase issue, they take up a lot of space. So you're talking about like sneakers. I'm talking like the about workout the sneakers. Clothes. Yeah, you know. So like, they do. what what I think about is um, is there a yoga studio or is there a streaming yoga workout that I can do in my hotel room? Because then you know it's a shoe free thing. The other thing I've done is like scan the Nike website or just you know tapped some you know st- stylish editors at well and good and been like what are the running shoes that i can wear around the city and actually work out in so right. finding my like literal cross trainer like will go from meeting and i won't get like a side eye to a workout studio i think about that a lot um that really helps me get the workout piece in. Um sometimes I'll go running as a way to see a city. It's not always possible depending on how back to back you are, but um you know even if it's just 2 miles I'm kind of getting a sense of a place I and like a lot that. of hotels will build in like have running maps now and I yeah. do really
0: appreciate that. Um I can't tell you how many trips I've packed my workout clothes gone on the trip and never worn <laughs> the clothes. So those, those are, I know. It's, I mean, I'm not, this is like true confessions. Yeah, yeah. Um, what if you wore them? Pardon
1: me? What if you wore them when you, so you stepped off the plane right. you're like, I'm just going to go to the gym and just like get on the treadmill for 15 just minutes. do it. I know. I wonder.
0: I've done it. I have some trips I've done it okay. and it's been good. The other thing is, is the, I, I like this way. Like I go to one gym. I like the consistency. Mm. I like going into my gym, knowing my machines. So when I travel, it's unknowns. So hotel gyms vary vastly. I've been to hotel gyms that were nicer than Equinox and hotel gyms that are, you know, just sort of there because they need to check the box. Yep. Um, cities that I'm comfortable running around cities that I'm, so it's, so I think f- for someone who likes consistency and predictability in her workouts, that's, that's also a challenge. But yeah what about the food part of it? Cause that's really where I get hung up is I mean when I'm traveling my schedules off there's usually some element of stress involved I just want the burger at the airport you know or the french fries or a cocktail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all the things.
0: Just, yeah. All of yeah. it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think American airports have a way to go. You know, I travel internationally and I'm always amazed. Like, oh my gosh, I can get healthier food here, you know, in yeah. Madrid or Sydney or something like that. Um, then, then I can get here and it kind of bums me out because it's just through, you know, partnerships and stuff that we can... And we can course correct that anytime. Bringing your own food is kind of tricky, but um, I but I do tend to just like bring something onto the plane that's salad-y like, you know, salad-y like to counteract, especially like those flights where there's prepared snacks unlimited. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just need something I don't know, something else. Um, I'll bring my own tea bags too. Like I have a few really fragrant ones that people will spin around on their chair and be like, what are you drinking? It smells really good. It's just like licorice mint by the Yogi tea company. And it, but for me, it helps with that
0: plain air, plain air. That's um, a really good idea because I've just started drinking tea. I'm a coffee girl, but I like a hot beverage. So I've started drinking tea, but on airplanes, the tea's not good. Right. It's like a, it's like a, you know, bag of Lipton. It's fine, but it's just not what I want. Yeah. I never even thought about, that's, that's that right there. It's like, (laughs) thank you for coming. (laughs) Um, No, but that right there is, that's a great idea because it weighs nothing. It's easy. You throw it in your over, you know, you throw it in your little bag and you're good. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah. And then, like, the other thing I do is, like, when I book the hotel, I'm often looking, like, what's near this hotel? Mm-hmm. Like, is it two miles away from anything? Or do I have to cross a highway? Like, what is it proximate to? Could there possibly be something somewhat healthy? And then, once I kind of find a hotel that's like near something healthy, I'm really likely to book there again um, because of that kind of opportunity to just,
0: you know, yeah. know, I can grab and go something that's better for me. I like that idea. One thing I have started doing that has worked, I, I, have found the bit, the way I start my day tends to set the tone for the rest of it. And I drink bulletproof coffee and, um, I drink the pre-made that you can get from Whole Foods, but it doesn't have to be like, it can be room temperature and then just chilled. So I'll throw one or two of, if I'm checking, that's the only problem is it's a liquid, but if I'm checking, I'll throw a couple in my luggage and then put it in the mini fridge. And at least that's like, The one good thing I feel like I can start my day with. Um, I love that tip. It's a challenge though, man. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some people have health on the road nailed, Um, a lot of our listeners are hoteliers. I know you travel a ton and of course your radar is always up. What have you seen in some hotels that you were like, wow, this is super cool. You know, everything, I mean, I've seen the yoga mat in the closet and obviously, you know, and obviously the healthier snack options in the mini Mm. bar, but have you seen anything that you thought like, okay, this is really well done? Hmm. I think
1: one thing that I saw and it's so mundane, it shouldn't be spectacular, but it is, um, a water filter in my room. That's nice. It was awesome. You know, I don't like to drink tap water. I also don't like to buy uh, the water for $9 in my room. And as hotels, especially like in California, for example, get focused on reducing plastic or banning plastic, um, and as people's antenna is up about water as a sustainability issue, I think that could be something that beautifully serves customers. Um, Now, you know, how that gets implemented, um, if you're not a new build, I could not speak to that, but I can tell you I was floored and delighted to have, like separate from the bathroom. Yeah. Tell
0: us about it. Was it, um, was it out of the wall? Like how did it, how was it functioning? Um,
1: it looked like, a um, a bit of a mini bar area. It may have even been over the mini bar itself. Um, and it was one of those that has the little, gosh, you just leaned your glass against Mm -hmm. it and then it dispenses with, um, you know, little water capture underneath it for
0: overflow. It was like definitely
1: set up for, for it. Yeah.
0: You know, we had Ben Pundle on this podcast a few months ago and he has started, um, the stay plastic free movement and it's geared towards the hospitality industry and eliminating single use plastic from the hospitality industry. He works with addition hotels and also is one of the founders of a hotel life. And, um, I mean, the numbers are staggering of the the waste of single use plastic. And he was saying, you know, he checked into a hotel room somewhere and counted eleven plastic water bottles throughout his room. Called the front desk, said, "Please come take them all out. I won't use them, and I don't want them in my room." The next morning, came back after housekeeping had been there, eleven bottles. You know, and <laughs> so um, so it's, it certainly is making its way around the industry. But that's real, yeah. And yeah. I know, like you're saying, not sure about. Implementation, but just knowing that's there yeah. is really, really great. And I think we'll see more and more of that, even if it's in common areas where you can go fill your bottles or, you know, if it's not room by room. Right. Maybe it's more vital than an ice maker. Honestly, who even, I've, I couldn't even tell you the last time I used the ice maker in a hotel. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just me. I don't, I also am not a big drinker. Like, I'm just not a beverage person. Like, if I'm in a hotel, I'm not. I don't know, putting things on ice. Yeah. <laughs> really know I'm usually not even in my room, I'm out and about. But um, yeah, I think that's that's very interesting. You were talking about smoothies earlier. What do you ju- Okay, juicer versus smoothie. So I <laughs> I was, I have very strong feelings about this. Okay. Okay. Years ago I got a juicer, and I was a very dedicated juicer. I juiced every day, but then it was like taking apart a car engine. Like I would, you know, I have to take the whole thing apart every day and clean it and then leave it out on my counter to dry. I mean, it was it was a joke. And then, and I wasn't fine. I I wasn't satisfied. Um, and so then I got a Vitamix and for me, that was just, I literally handed someone my juicer as a gift. I was like, just take it. Um, and now I'm a Vitamix girl. Do you prefer to juice or do you like your, do you smoothie or do, do you do both? Mm -hmm.
1: I'll buy juices out. I won't make them at home. I'll use, you know, a Vitamix or something Mm -hmm. similar, um, you know, bullet, um, to make, uh, my own smoothies, even though some of them are quite thin, they could be like a cross between, you know, right. they're not all super thick. Yeah. Um, um, and I think why, why we gravitate toward it is the word you used there, um, satisfying, right? Cause you keep the fiber of the veggies in right. it. You can, um get a lot of sugar when you're juicing, right? Um so that's something to be careful of. A lot of people put a lot of fruit. Um so I think I think when you can add protein, you can keep the fiber, right. you can add some chia seeds. There's a density there. It feels um feels more satisfying
0: and I, I yeah, I the other thing I like about smoothies is I just use it as a dumping ground for the stuff I know I need to get in my body. So yeah. turmeric, cinnamon, yep. like you said chia seeds, whatever like uh, with the Vitamix, I'll just throw in the extra stuff. I know I just need to force down. Yeah. <laughs> or your <laughs> ugly fruit and veggies is the yeah. other
1: thing. It's like, well, I'm not going to put this on the top of the salad because it has this brown part or whatever. But I kind of you not going to taste it. it in the smoothie you can or throw see it in the
0: smoothie. Yeah. And also, you could, like with an apple, like I'll throw the whole apple in. There. I mean, I cut it in quarters, but like seeds, everything. There's yep. just so much nutrition in it. Yeah, I tend to be i I'm a. I'm a very. I'm a Vitamix devotee. When I moved <laughs> to New York, it'll be four years this April. Gave away or sold every single thing I owned. Moved here with my life, packed into seven boxes. One kitchen item made the trip, and it was my Vitamix. Like I'm I not sponsored by Vitamix. I'm just <laughs> such a fan, <laughs> such a fan. But 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 you mentioned earlier that celery juice is having a moment, man. It's it's yeah. funny. I'm seeing it all over. My friends are Instagramming. A friend just bought a, a juicer last week just to juice celery, and I was like, you know, you could probably just go buy it at Whole Foods or something. I don't know, but yeah, probably um, seems like a lot of work, but. What What is it about, I'm we're going a little off topic here, but I haven't done my research. What is it about celery juice that everyone's super into right now?
1: You know, I think it's, it, I personally don't know a ton about it. I'll just like lay that mm-hmm. out there. But the medical medium really popularized it in the liver um, rescue book in particular talks about Um, celery as a kind of Uh, cure-all. I'm really, you know, I mean, kale had its moment um, and I think it was warranted because it's like a really nutritionally dense food. And we really learned what that meant, um, that vegetables could have proteins and things like we kind of, kale became this metaphor for how to understand how plant-based foods can work. I'm just going to like plant the the flag there culturally. Um, celery feels a little faddish to me, honestly. I mean, it's bitterness, it's fibrousness. I can understand why those qualities are important. Um, but I don't know if in a year from now, we're going to be caring about celery in the way that we've cared about kale or even turmeric, which, yeah. you know, anti-inflammatory, has centuries
0: behind it. I, I feel I've I feel a little worried about celery being a fad in our midst. Yeah, I can definitely pick up on that. I listen to a lot of health and wellness podcasts, and two of my favorites are... Um, the doctor's pharmacy with Dr. Mark Hyman and then the Bulletproof podcast with Dave Asprey and one of them, and I'm probably going to misquote this, but interestingly, they were talking about kale and they said 30% of people actually have like an inflammatory response to kale. Mm. And so the kale craze was great for 70% of people, but there are actually 30% of people that don't know it. Their body has a, an adverse reaction to kale. So I thought that was just fascinating. It is. And it just goes to
1: show, I mean, we can actually have an adverse reaction reaction to a lot of things. Like it's quite ironic. I was a beauty director for many years. I'm allergic to rose. So like that's supposed to be the most skin calming ingredient, you know, used for centuries. Yeah. 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 It's in my eye cream. So anything could be bad for you. um, based on your particular constitution and people are getting so much more savvy about customizing, right? So those people, I hope they enjoy spinach or can digest
0: spinach. Yeah. I always say like, be a focus group of one, like just because everyone loves... Whatever. Like, if it doesn't work for you, stop doing it. You know, I mean, yeah. I have a life threatening nut allergy. So, for me, it's really challenging. Like, I, you know, vegan diet, you know, can't eat at vegan or vegetarian restaurants. It's just too hard. And so many of the foods that are billed as healthy have nut bases. Um, so, you know, you've really got to just do what works for you as well. I'll try yeah. anything once. Yeah, if, yeah. I, I always say I'll do it as long as it doesn't kill me. But um, I think
1: things like that have become much more easier to figure out. Like in some ways, we, I mean wellness has become so democratized and that's what well and good tries to do every day is try to introduce things to people that they can do at home in their own lives, you know, for like a dollar or less in a way, like here's a mindset that can help, or here's a new way of putting a spin on that recipe you've been making every, you know, every week in your repertoire. Um,
0: I remember you saying that when we met last summer, you said, what, there was a certain percentage of content on well and good. how can you was there like a it was some percentage that you said there's a certain percent of our content that cannot be a fifty dollar drop in? boutique fitness class or $80 sports bra, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's probably around 80%. Um, and the 20% is not all like go and buy something. It's more just like be culturally aware of this trend we're seeing, you know? And so I think, you know, everybody should be like able to participate in these conversations, even if it hasn't reached their hometown yet, you know, but even that's happened with amazing streaming workouts and, um, and like the, the bar brands are a great example of how, um, you know, I go to like this random suburb my folks used to live in outside of Chicago and like delighted to see that there was a core power yoga there or a bar studio had opened
0: a pure bar. And I was like, great, it's happened it's, it's, yeah. It's definitely making the jump. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the retreats cause that's how we met and that was kind of the, where the magic started for me. So you started well and good retreats last year. What was the original intention? I think we kind of talked about the intention behind the retreats just to give people a place to come and truly like go deep on the wellness, you know, mind, body, spirit, creativity. Um, and we're in 2019 now Um, Can you tell us more about what Well and Good retreats look like this year? Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, some of the reasons we, um,
1: we decided to launch retreats were informed by how our readers told us they were traveling and what they wanted because they're so savvy about wellness at home. They were like, let me have an experience that at least matches that. And let my, you know, favorite, um, yoga teacher or fitness instructor be there too, pretty please. And we realized that they were traveling for those reasons. So creating and curating experiences that really brought, um, the people you would see on well and good, um, to
0: life and an opportunity to hang with them and learn from them and work out with them. That was was a big part of it. You know, spending a few days with like Beth cook, our yoga instructor and Sophia Rowe, um, who's just such a, a name in wellness. That was, that was actually unexpected for me. I think when I signed up, I didn't realize that such leaders in wellness would be not just teaching a class or taking us through a practice, but they were along, I mean, they were right there with us all day, every day for the entire um, experience. Right. Like during meals and walking to and fro, like the workshops or lunch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I mean, that's really what bringing Well and Good to life um, over a long weekend is, you know, that's that's the dream. Um, And creating more experiences of wellness, there's something just a little bit ironic about being a a wellness brand that's only online. And it really inspires me and Alexi to be able to take that into the real world, whether it's Well and Good Talks, which is our monthly um, thought leadership series, or with Well and Good Retreats. and we jumping around last year was amazing, and just really seeing what Palm Springs was like, or the Hudson River Valley that you described, and the last one we did last year was in Miami at the Standard. And um, you know what we decided this year was to uh, focus, and and we've partnered with Miraval, which is really exciting for us. So we'll be hosting retreats, all four of Well and Goods retreats this year, um, at two of their locations: so their flagship in Tucson, and then the first one in March with a well and good retreats will be at the brand new Austin property. It's great. Yeah. And it's much easier logistically for us to like execute and like keep the level like high and strong and organized, frankly um, uh, when we can, you know, eliminate some of the variables like, how far is the fitness studio from where we're going to be eating and do we have to move food from one place to another? Like that's,
0: you know, that's, that's not <laughs>
1: wellness for the people producing no, <laughs> experiences.
0: Well. It's, a, it's also <laughs> really smart for the Miraval brand to have aligned with you for the whole year and do one per quarter, you know, rotating at their locations in Tucson and Austin. I mean, props to them. It's really, really smart. Um, I feel like, uh, properties and hotels around the world. We're seeing more and more hosting retreats. Everything from wellness and fitness to you know, I, I mean, uh, a lot of other topics as well. It's not just all wellness, but the hotels are seeing themselves as gathering spaces for people who are passionate about a topic. And this goes beyond meetings and groups. You know, really immersive experiences and retreats. It's just such a nice marriage.
1: All right, uh, thank you. I feel the same way. I'm super excited to be partnering with them. I think they're really interested in the people in our orbit. Um, the, the first retreat will be um, hosted by Heather Lilston, who is uh, an amazing yogi. Her brand is called Yoga for Bad People. Um, and yeah. she also teaches the class by Taryn Toomey. And then Drew Ramsey, who's a psychiatrist, um, really well known for the food mood connection, will be. The two of them will be leading it, and we'll be bringing the Well and Good Cookbook to life um, there as well. So, our readers who attend will be getting recipes from the cookbook that launches a few weeks after the retreat.
0: That's so, so cool. What yeah. are the dates of this first retreat in Austin?
1: March 28th through 31st. And okay. it just opened up. Um, That's great. so I what, don't know when this episode many, will air, but I know it'll, looking, it'll air
0: soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, it might be too, I know these sell out really fast. When I booked the um, New York one, I think is it sold out almost immediately. It was a lot of Manhattan women there, <laughs> which was great. We're all friends now. Um, and you know, one of the things I also really loved about going to the retreat was I think the camaraderie, I would say half of us were there with a friend and half came solo and we all left as friends. It was really cool. And I'm so, so happy to hear you say that the last retreat of the year in Miami, everyone came by
1: themselves. Everyone. everyone and I think I wow. think that's such a testament to the kinds of um, opportunities people like need in their lives they need to get away and they feel comfortable that well and good is going to create a supportive safe like, you know, environment where you can
0: make friends and just share and and get to know people. You can. And solo travel, I've, I haven't done true solo travel, but I have friends who have. Um, and solo travel can be a little intimidating, even for the most self-assured, confident person. And so this is also a great opportunity if someone wants to participate in solo travel, but maybe have, you know, a little more structure around it where you don't feel like yep. the odd man out. Absolutely, know? absolutely. Yeah. That's really exciting. Cool. Um as we wrap up, it's a new year, we're about halfway through January. Do you make New Year's resolutions? <laughs> um I do because smart women like you ask me that question.
1: <laughs> and what are they? Um, what are they? No, I feel um I feel like every year I'm always trying to, um, live the brand a little bit more, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I'm running a media company, the internet doesn't shut off. And I think, you know, it's really important for me to, you know, think about ways that I can, um, chill out more, de-stress more. And so a couple of things that, that I've tried to add this year are kind of in that vein. Um, so one is going to a workout that's just a hundred percent joy based. So it's a dance cardio workout here called forward space, and it's just the best music. I just dance for an hour, kind of reminds me of aerobics in the eighties meets hip hop, which for me is a really strong, happy place. Um, and it's
0: it, called forward space. Forward space. Where is it?
1: It's on spring street. Okay. Yeah. It's just a few we, happy to bring you. Yeah. I Come was actually, me. no, I'm asking. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there tonight <laughs> at six thirty-five. 35. Okay. Um,
0: sign me up for a future one. I'm in. Um, so I,
1: I've been doing things in the name of happiness and I've also been doing things in the name of does this, um, restore what just being so plugged in takes away. So that could be like meditation that could just be, um, you know, going for a walk and not using my phone while I'm walking, not even listening to music some of the time, honestly, but just like looking around and, um, or or staring at trees, as lame as that sounds. Like I have a little place in the Catskills and I'll sit there and I'll just let the feeling of like awe in nature wash over me. And um, if I didn't do those things, I feel like I would just be, my mind would still have that like monkey mind, New York intensity all the time and I really need to find ways to turn that volume down. I, and I, I, I just know our readers are always looking for that too. So if I'm not renewing my commitment to that for myself, then um, you know gotta walk my talk here.
0: I like that. Okay, that, that actually <laughs> aligns a lot with a couple of mine for this year as well. One of mine was play. I think that's a pillar in my life that I don't do enough. So I actually have started, uh, Equinox has a dance class, um, and I go on Monday nights and it's just, I don't, it's just for play. I'm not there to lose weight or sweat or get in shape. I'm just there to move my body and be Mm -hmm. silly. And then, um, and then that creativity. So I take a, last night I actually did it. I take sketching classes in, um, Nolita and it's through, it's called Spring Studios. And it's like $22 a class. You just bring your own stuff. And from six to nine, you just sit down and sketch. And it's just, I don't know, kind of that same thing of just like, I can't look at my phone. And mm-hmm. I I sometimes being productive is just so exhausting. And it's hard to be productive if your brain is just on lockdown. So um, I love both of those. Another thing that I, uh, I recently did a blog post about this personally, but something I discovered, meditation has been a real challenge for me. It's just not something I take too easily. And also I'm very routine oriented and I've had a hard time finding a consistent place and time to meditate. And then a few months ago I was at my gym And I go in one morning and in this like stretching area of the floor I was on, there's a guy there just sitting on a block cross-legged with his earphones in and his eyes closed and he was meditating. And I thought, oh my God, I come to the gym every single morning. I don't need to be alone in a quiet room that smells like eucalyptus to meditate. Like I can just, (laughs) what I just needed was the routine of it. And so now every morning when I go to the gym, I sit in the stretching area. I have my headphones in, I close my eyes, I sit on a block and just for like three to five minutes, I just sit quietly. And is it the best meditation ever? Probably not, but it's better than what I was doing. And so, um, so I'm really joining you in play and in, just like you said, stare at the trees, close your eyes, I think. And this isn't a New York thing. We have listeners all over the world. I felt like this when I lived on the beach in Florida. I felt like this when I lived in beautiful San Diego. Like, this isn't a New York thing. I think all of us are too connected sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's magic in that disconnect.
1: hmm hmm Yeah, I mean, and that's where yourself really comes through, you know. How many people are craving that white space or that creativity
0: that, you know, you get in your dance class or your sketching class. I think that's beautifully said. That's great. Well, this has been really fun having you. And, and for everyone who's listening, if you aren't already a subscriber of Well and Good, if you go to wellandgood.com, um, you can sign up to get their email newsletter. I think it's one of the best ones I've seen just for like a good pulse check on what's going on in the wellness spaces. If you are listening to this and you're looking at your 2019 travel, I, I, I truly can't tell I did this and... And this is not in any way sponsored. I mean, I personally just paid and went on my trip last year, and I believe in it so much. So I I just want our listeners to know, like I'm saying this just as a woman who's done it, it was one of the most rewarding things I've done in a long time to take five days and um, immerse myself in the group and the practice and the fun of it all. So if you're looking at your 2019 travel, um... Please, you know, give these Well and Good Retreats a look. They're gonna be at the Miraval Um resorts in um in Austin and in Tucson, which are great locations, easy to get to, both of them. Um and Melise, thank you, as always, for your time and your brilliance and your ideas, and um and it just means a lot to us. It's such a pleasure. I love chatting with you, Amy, anytime. Awesome. Well, And our beautiful listeners, as always, thanks for giving us part of your day. I hope you learned something. I hope you took something away from this. And until next time, travel elevated.